0: What's up, guys? It's your girl Jamae Jackson. Welcome back to the Blonde Misfit Podcast. Honey, if you are new, welcome. It's like, you know, first Sunday of the month. We all congregating up in the church and we looking around and seeing who knew. Welcome, honey. Hope you brought your wine, your edge control, cast oil, whatever you need. And if this is not your first time here, welcome back, child. We love the saved and sanctified who just come back up through our doors. But whether you are new or old, Y'all already know what I'm about to ask you. Have you subscribed? Have you sowed your seed into this podcast? If you have not, don't worry. We're not gonna kick you out. Make sure that you are subscribed on your platforms of choice and make sure you're leaving us that five-star rating in Apple Podcasts. I promise you, it is not just a fluke. It allows us to be more found or more searchable, if that's even a word, through Apple Podcasts so that other people can continue to find this awesome podcast that serves you all. Anywho, let me stop chatting y'all Because I am so, so excited today We have another guest on the Blonde Misfit Podcast And this is someone who As soon as I say their name You are going to absolutely know who they are Maddie James is just like the epitome of black girl magic. And she is someone who I have followed for years and years and years. In fact, Maddie doesn't probably doesn't even know, but she was one of the first bloggers I read when I started thinking about going into blogging. And I was thinking, okay, how on earth does someone make money from blogging? How on earth does someone do any of this? And so Maddie was so like vital even to the formation of the blonde misfit. But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit more about Maddie if you don't already know. So Maddie James is a mother of three, a style, beauty, and lifestyle influencer. She's obviously the founder and entrepreneur of the branding blog, Maddieology, which eventually turns into Maddie James. Of course, she'll be able to talk more about how you just go through these stages of rebranding and repromotion, but Maddie has been able to show us all that. And no matter what stage of your life, you can always reinvent re-event. I don't even know if that's a word, y'all. Recreate and (laughs) renew the wheel. So without further ado, help me welcome Maddie. Hey,
1: Maddie. Hey, Jemaine. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my goodness. Thank you. We
0: were, um, you all, we were talking right before we got on, uh, we started recording and I was just telling Maddie how much I have just looked up to her for years just because she has just carried her career and growth with such grace And she has just continued to show that you don't have to be pigeonholed into one facet um, that people put you into. And so, Maddie, I'm so thankful that you took time out of your busy schedule as a mom to spend some time with me and the Misfit family. But we are going to go on and jump right in. So tell us, Maddie, a little bit more about like your start. You know, you obviously also have a career um, as a pageant girl. So you miss Liberia, USA and sort of how that beginning foundation pushed you into uh blogging and influencer work
1: yeah so i think it's it's so funny because i absolutely if you told me 10 years ago that this is what I would have been doing, I would have been looking at you like you had five heads. I totally was just like finding out about this new world that was blogging. Actually, probably about, I lived in New York City for a year. So I was there in 2005 to 2006. I was just like this super, super green 22-year-old. I knew nothing And I remember getting an email from a friend of mine and she sent me a link to a blog. And that was really how I was introduced to blogging and lo and behold i started blogging probably about 3 years after that i moved to atlanta i was working in retail which i would not wish on a war criminal it's just like <laughs> the worst schedule you could possibly have you know but the discount's great so i i get why we get into it you know mm-hmm. but i started blogging and i was just really trash at it for like 2 years i was just really really bad and i think I always say that part of my story, like if you like cut to clips of me at like at a conference and speaking and stuff like that, I always make sure I tell that part of my story because it is really important to allow that, allow yourself to go through that season. You are supposed to be trash in the beginning. That's the whole part of the journey. You know, every single one of us starts at square one. There's not one person who you will hear who was like, you know what, when I started, I was just killing it. I was just advanced. I just, everybody loved me it just doesn't exist, you know? So I was just really bad at it. I wasn't consistent. It was really hard. And in the beginning, I thought that I should be a celebrity blogger, which I have, you know, where I talked about celebrity news, which Mm -hmm. honestly just takes a different kind of discipline. You've got to get these press releases from PR people and (laughs) really invested into other people's lives. And honestly, I was like, I really just, and maybe it's narcissism, but I was like, you know what, I'm actually just going to talk about what I'm doing because I can control that. I don't have to wait for a press release or anything like that. And so slowly but surely, I just started sharing things I liked. I'd get a shirt from Urban Outfitters or I'd get some jeans from H&M and I would start sharing it and people started responding. Um And so, yeah, I just started doing that consistently. And I was doing it more on the hobby level, if I'm being honest. Like in 2008 and 2009, it was more of the hobby level. And in 2009, I won Miss Liberia USA. And I had a few more eyes on me. So I was like, let's get serious. I'm going to go ahead and buy the domain because I was on Blogspot, if anybody remembers that. And um, yeah. And then I kind of like, you know, started taking it, quote unquote, seriously. Um, I interned, you know, just trying to grow and find myself in 2008 and 2009. But in 2010, I ended up getting a real job. Because I was just like, for a minute there, my husband kind of, you know, he was really supportive, but he was like, okay, I know you want to blog. I know you eventually want to get paid from blogging. That's not currently happening. So maybe... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, just put a little something on utilities. You know, <laughs> um, but he was always so supportive, and I really appreciate him for that. And and that support and encouragement is absolutely instrumental to to my success. So I don't take that for granted. But did I just needed to do something? And I getting that nine to five was huge for me because guess what? In the beginning for most of us, you are your first investor. So my nine to five checks bought me my first camera, bought me my first MacBook, you know, bought me resources, online courses, presets, all of that that you need to blog and, and be good at. And, and, yeah, so I ended up doing that for about three and a half. I ended up doing the whole working a nine to five thing for almost four years, and I ended up getting fired from my good job in 2015. Actually, two weeks from t- two weeks from t- yesterday will be exactly, um, will be exactly five years that I've been full time because I've wow. I went full time when I got, when I got fired. You know, um, it was about a not even a full year after having my my first daughter and who's now 5 and I just was like listen ma'am let me go ahead and 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 do what I have to do hit the ground running and I had been praying for the opportunity to go full time. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes your blessing comes out of a burden. And so, yes, it was definitely scary to get fired and not have that guaranteed uh, check every two weeks. But then it allowed me to start doing things like creating master classes. You know, I was already getting paid. I was getting paid like, what, $49,000 a year doing like the whole show manager thing for a home decor company and I had already pretty much figured out how to make the equivalent through working with brands so I had already matched that but I was like okay now now I'm in a situation where I'm definitely going to have to pay you know taxes to the IRS I'm going to have to do these these different things now that I'm no longer an employee and I am in fact a small business owner and so you know I was like how do I make more money long story short I was like let me teach people cuz people are asking how you work with brands in my head, I'm like, let me make an extra 2,500 bucks. You know, nothing too crazy, just just something to cushion the bills with. You know, so right. I'm gonna sell this master class for 97 bucks. All I need to do is sell 28 of these. Okay, so I was like, fingers crossed for 30, where I could almost make 3k. The first class sold 113, and I was oh like, God. oh. OK, so now <laughs> I was like, okay, let me go ahead and get my whole life and, and really reevaluate this thing. And and because, you know, teaching was just a different side of the business. It is different than, you know, um, taking pictures and, you know, linking to things for a brand campaign. I really did also then take that time to dive deep into learning how to be a really good online educator, how to create effective and valuable online curriculum. And Mm -hmm. it's pretty much been just a balance of the two since then. You know, 2018 was probably the only year that I've since I've become full time that I did not really sell any courses. I think I sold a like a, a workbook, but I didn't sell any courses just because the my work was really consistent. So I was really fortunate. But in 2019 I started getting my feet wet again. And now I feel like I'm in this season in my business where Educating influencers how to turn their influence into a business is really, really important to me, and it's really important to me that I do that in a really valuable way—a way that really helps people, that really serves people. So then, in fact, they can create something lasting versus being like, "Hey, this is how you look cute on Instagram." It's like, no, this is how you build a business. You don't need to have a million followers. You don't even need to have a hundred k followers. You just need to know how to handle your business. Oh.
0: Yes. Maddie, you said so many amazing gems, Like even in just that spot, because I do think that, and this is something that I I still struggle with as well, understanding that your worth, especially to other brands, is not necessarily indicative of your following count. And that people who have even, quote unquote, smaller followers, micro influencers or nano influencers or whatever you want to call them, Mm -hmm. it's like there's still impact in that work. Right. but i'm really interested in in kind of deep diving a little bit more into the fact that you were able to sell this product you know your this um this masterclass and it did so well but it was obviously because your audience came to know that they could expect that kind of quality from from you how did you sort of establish that that trust with your audience in the beginning, especially when you're sort of just trying to figure out, okay, what is my audience responding to? What was I, what 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 do they like? Were you using Google Analytics and all these other tools that we talk about now? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, Google Analytics has been the OG for a minute. I I use Google Analytics till this day. It really is just such a valuable tool that's available to us for free, which is like amazing. And I think that was really the secret too. kind of that's a perfect segue, right? Because I, for me, providing valuable information for free has been something that I've always enjoyed doing. Like I, you know, I I understand to an extent, right? Like everything I teach, you could go Google yourself for the most part. You know what I mean? Like if you want to take the time out and you want to spend like, you know, 30 to 40 hours researching how to do all this stuff, you can absolutely do it. Or you can come to my masterclass and I can tell you that, you know, all of it based on my experience and things that have actually worked for me, how to do it in like an hour and a half, you know what I mean? So you typically, I I have no problem sharing on my blog, on my podcast, on my YouTube, you know, what to do and why you should do it as far as building your business as an influencer. And I was really into that, um, you know, in that like 2015, 2016 era where like Periscope was huge, like Periscope was just popping. And mm-hmm. I was on Periscope probably... I got to say, Jermaine, I was probably on there from, I was probably on there three to four days a week. And I was giving you girls like 35 to 45 minute scopes on like how to create content, how to build your list, how to approach a brand, how, you know, what five things you should have on your blog, you know, what five things you shouldn't say to a brand. Like I was just giving, I was just pumping out content and, it would. It was just like the more I would put out, like the more value I would acquire. You know, I didn't run out. And you know, someone asked me that, and I and I get that question from time to time. They're like, "Well, why do you give all this stuff out away for free?" And it's like, "Cause I, I'm not gonna run out of value. Value is just usefulness. I'm not gonna run out being useful if I'm out mm-hmm. here really looking to be useful on purpose to my audience. So I've mm-hmm. got the time. And then even on the business side, the, the 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 game is I'm gonna always tell you the what and the why for free. I'm gonna teach you. The how for a, 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 for a rate, you know? So mm. at the end of the day, I was able to really build that trust with my audience because of how, not only because I provided value, but how consistently I did that. And I think that really did just build the trust, you know, with my audience. And I, pro- like, I got fired in June. And I probably did that. I don't think I sold anything until, I don't think my first masterclass was until October. I had sold something in August and it did okay. I mean, it it didn't even do okay. Back then, I thought I had like, I was like so scared because I had made like, it was my first course. It was called the consistency course because people were like, how are you posting so consistently? I was like, well, I don't have a job anymore. So that's kind of how. (laughs) (laughs) And um yeah, and so I sold the Consistent Course and that was like my first launch and that was in August of 2015. I think I ended up making like right under $6,000. I had never made that amount of money like not associated with a job or a brand by myself. So, it was crazy to me. Then fast forward to October of 2015 where, you know, I had that like, you know, close to to $11,000 launch. So, it was really crazy. It was just while, but I understood that one before we even got to 2015, like when I started working with brands on a consistent basis, which was like that 2012 to 2013 era, people would email me, people would tweet me, people would DM me. And I would happily tell them what I knew, you know, so long I could kind of keep it concise and keep it moving. And so yeah. I think also that just also built trust with a lot of my, um, you know, my followers and, and my readers and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I I don't take for granted building the trust with my followers. And then what i I didn't know back then, right? Like, especially in 2013, 2014, I didn't know to like build my email list. And I understand that like, if you're not a traditional quote unquote, online business owner or small business owner, people think that like, they don't need to build an email list, but I cannot encourage you to do that enough. Like it is so important to build an email list just because it was because I had that email list that I was able to be like, Hey, email list, I have this masterclass that's going on sale tomorrow for 97 bucks, would you buy it? And I was able to point them to exactly what I wanted them to buy. And that that single-handedly also changed the way I looked at my business online. It was like nothing in in 2020, if you're listening to this in 2021, and I can almost guarantee it in 2022, there is nothing on the internet that converts higher than an email list. The girl, not not Mm. Instagram stories, not Instagram, not Twitter, not Facebook combined holds a candle to email. It just doesn't. Like I'm converting at like the 35, 40% You know, level where like collectively all of your platforms might get you to five percent, might. You know what I mean? So I'm not. They're not good tools, but nothing's comparing to to email marketing.
0: Wow. Okay. So I personally feel like I've been dragged, y'all, because I have (laughs) I have been trying to tell myself if I should get an email list up, and I keep dancing around it and thinking maybe it's not for me, maybe it is, maybe it's not. And like three times today, y'all, I cannot, I cannot make this up three times. I've been dragged with the last of my edges on people saying, this is what you need. And so Maddie, Maddie is the third, you know, once, once is, once is random, twice is a coincidence, three times a trend. So Maddie
1: has confirmed it for all of us. Okay. Get on your email. You're so good. I'm telling you, you will... I'm t- it, it's going to change how you look at your online business. You know what I mean? Like I, like I said, I don't care if you're an influencer. I don't care if you sell a service. I don't care if you sell a physical product. You build your email list. Your goal is to figure out how to get to 1,000 as fast as you possibly can. Figure out what your lead magnet is. Ask people to go sign up. But I'm telling you, a th- if you ask me personally, 1,000, Um, Email subscribers is way more valuable than 10,000 social media followers. I would take those thousand people on the email list in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. My mind is like literally like breaking right now, y'all, because I've always heard of the power of email, but I did not know that it could be
1: like that. Yeah. I mean, and, and if you're listening to this right now, go Google it. This is like not, this is not an opinion. This is not something like, oh, this worked for me. This is literally how, this is why your favorite retailers, as much as everybody's closing in the midst of COVID, everybody's still eating as far as retail is concerned for the most part, because they're sending out these email blasts telling you about this sale every day via mm-hmm. email. Every day. Mm -hmm.
0: And then I'm going and shopping them because I can (laughs) attest.
1: I don't know about anybody else. I have not stopped shopping. I like that. That is really how I'm relieving my stress. It's because I keep getting these emails. Right, literally. I was like, if the
0: emails would stop, maybe I wouldn't shop. But then I'm also like, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, where's the email at? I get it. Wow, you're right. You have to start thinking not just as a, from the consumer perspective, but how brands are marketing to you, and that's how you can also start tap, um, tapping into your consumers as well. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. So, Maddie, one of the things that I think I well, I don't think I know uh, that I love so much about you is that you possess so much. Um, strength and confidence, both in teaching, but also in just providing the content out to people. And I know that as uh, an influencer or someone of interest of influencing myself, I do sometimes struggle with confidence and demanding your worth and pitching yourself. How did you sort of begin to walk in that? confidence that you have and, and like when where did like, did it, was it always there or were you able to get it the more that like you saw that people were responding to your content and, and, or when you started working with bigger brands, like how did that happen?
1: Yeah, it definitely comes the more you do it. You know, I think just like with anything, you know, um, for me, it was really scary. I would loathe myself in the beginning just because I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. It was just such a, it was such a privilege that a household named brand knew who I was, you know? And mm-hmm. you know, be the first one to tell you, I am, uh, wildly fortunate i am overwhelmingly grateful however i still understand how incredibly useful i am to these brands so and at the end of the day this is a business transaction you know and so once i had once i got to shift my mindset and and really my husband would really encourage me he'd be like babe that's all you're charging them and i'd be like well yeah you know they're they're this person i don't want to run and he's like yeah but you're still doing work you know mm-hmm. like it's not like it's not like you know either one one of us either side or party, the brand or the influencer are doing each other a favor. You're asking me to do a scope of work. This is the price that I charge for that scope of work. It's pretty cut and dry. The brand, as an influencer, you are a freelancer. You are a service provider. The service you provide is content creation and content marketing. The brand is a client. When you, as a service provider, provide a client with work, guess what? that the exchange is money. (laughs) That's just just business, you know? Um, For me though, what I had to realize is understand the totality of the business transaction. Cause also too, it isn't just content, right? It's like, Are they going to use your content? So do y'all need to talk licensing? Are they going to allow you to work with any competitors within the week, within the month, within the year? Because once you start talking about things like licensing, once you start talking about things about uh, like exclusivity, then we also need to be talking about some more, you know, different levels of rates. Because Mm -hmm. content is one thing, licensing is another, and so is you know, and and then also different types of content. Like if I'm an extremely amazing video creator then i need to be charging the appropriate rate whatever i see fit right cuz pricing at the end of the day is the number you're able to convince a brand to give you that is the price you 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 charge right whatever you know that you can successfully um charge people i'll tell you my secret my secret is, is that whatever i actually want from a brand i tell them about 20 25% higher because even then if you lowball me you end up giving me what i want so for instance oh. i told a brand 38000 Earlier this year, it was for a long term thing. So, yes, in the midst of COVID, I asked a brand for $38,000, the kind of balls I have. And so I was like, yeah, let me get 38. Uh, What I actually really wanted to be completely Amish Jame is I really wanted 25. like I wanted like 25. And so I wanted like 20, 25. You know, I was like, you know, I got the new house. I need to get some stuff for the house. Let Let me see what I can pull off. And they said no to 38. However, they ended up saying yes to 25k. So for me, I'm like I really wanted 20. I ended up asking them for pretty much double, you know. I just really went for it with this one cuz I was like at this point, you know, what's the you know because here's here's what ends up happening. Most people um from both Usually it's the influencer. A lot of people will throw out a number, and if the brand says no, they say okay and they walk away. Your job as an influencer is to negotiate because that at the end of the day you're trying to negotiate business. You're trying to bring in a profit for your business. Now sometimes you negotiate and you guys can't come to an agreement, but at the end of the day your job is to make sure that you walk away with something that you want. So yes, I wanted twenty thousand, but guess what? If that brand would have come back and even said like 16 or 17, guess who would have said yes, because 16, $17,000 is still 16, $17,000, you know, and right. I really negotiated it, you know, as I, as I saw fit, but at the end of the day, it's important to, not only is it important to ask for the money that you want and you think that you deserve and you and you know that you're able to negotiate, but brands expect that. And when you don't do that, what that tells the brand is how seriously you don't take yourself. And then in turn, they don't take you seriously either. So it's really important to make sure that you approach this like a business. Yes, you're thankful for the opportunity, but that doesn't mean you should null and void your value and not handle business.
0: Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, Maddie, that. oh. Yes, I I have to just say like I I am in full agreement with you and everything that you said because I just most recently experienced this where I went back to a brand and asked for I think about twenty thousand dollars more than they originally came to me with and we settled on fifteen mm-hmm. and it's like if yeah when I made the you know when I made the the pitch back I, I was sweating armpits was all everywhere <laughs> I couldn't sleep I was breaking out. I was like, did I eat something bad? Like it was crazy. Yeah. But it's like, what? But it's like, okay. But what? Are you willing to go through that that little bit of time just so that you can come out on the end and win? Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to say no? I'm not going to rock the boat, and then be out here, and then find out later on down the road that someone else who had done the same amount of work as you got fifteen thousand dollars more because they were bold enough to ask. Yep.
1: And that's really what it is. Are you bold enough to ask? And, and what I what I do think too is like, when you have put in the work, you consistently put in the work and stuff like that. Now asking doesn't become this thing like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm asking them this. It's like, I absolutely am because I know the kind of commitment I'm going to approach this project with, right? Mm-hmm. It's It's okay to ask for the amount that you want if you're going to do the work that they want. That's really how I look at it, but but like I said, that did take some time, and that's why for me in my in my courses, um, I you know I've had Pitch Please, which is my signature course, out for a while. You know, we've recently reshaped it because now not only am I am I teaching you how to position, you know, how to prep and how to package, I'm also now teaching you really how to get in the mindset. You know, like because mm-hmm. if you don't have the mindset, it doesn't matter how many templates I give you. It does. Yes because you're not going to apply the work because you don't have the mindset that essentially gives you the confidence to go out and pitch successfully. And so we have to start there. This, at the end of the day, like I said, this is a business transaction. This is one business, you, and another business, the brand, collaborating. And so if they're asking you to do some work, I think it's only fair that they pay you. And it's fine. And- I talk about this all the time. Like I said, pricing is not this, you know, uh super secret thing. There isn't like this super secret like Harry Potter location where you arrive and now you know the secret numbers to say when it comes to how much should you charge a brand. Like I said, it's what you're able, what you do deem fit for the appropriate rate for the work. But also, I think when it comes to pricing, it isn't just about how many followers you have. I think that's the biggest mistake people make, you know. That's why there's a ton of nano and micro influencers who make five figures a month. And there's a lot of girls and guys out here with 300, 400,000 followers on Instagram and they're making 750 a post. Again, it's because of the mindset and how you approach your business. You know, pricing is, like I said, there's no right or wrong, but if you're interested in in pricing to make a profit at a full-time business level, then you really need to focus on the four T's. You know, when it comes to pricing, you absolutely need to be charging for your time. You need to be charging for the tools you, you use. You need to be charging for the talent, whether somebody else is like taking your picture or editing your photos or anything like that. And also the level of talent you have, which is, i.e., your experience. And then last but not least, the tenure of the partnership. Is this a one off thing? Are you guys working together for three months? Or are you guys working together for the whole year?
0: Wow. Yeah. I hope y'all, I mean, first of all, I'm going to have all this down in the description box because Maddie already knows I be all about her resources, but I hope you guys are still taking notes because she is dropping gems. Oh. But Maddie, one thing I, I I would love your opinion on as someone who has been in the game for a minute now, and you've also seen how social media has grown, evolved. Um, some people have- taking it like far out. So now you got like 22 year olds on yachts with, you know, Hennessy and Shane saying like, if you just work hard enough. You got it. Like, what are your thoughts sort of on like the, the industry of influencer marketing right now? I know that, um, on Twitter at one point you had talked about how you think that there's going to be a boom right after, you know, all of this kind of goes away with COVID. Mm-hmm. But what do you, what do you think, how can people start prepping now for that moment?
1: yeah I think it's already happening in the midst of covid i I you know I think uh, what I tweeted was something along the lines of there is going to be a massive surge in home and lifestyle influencer marketing just because that's where most of us are right now, you know um and you can see like i I am in the midst of like organizing a few things in my home and I went to go order something from the container store who I'm actually partners with, but there was just like some extra stuff that I needed, so I was ordering it, and like stuff is back ordered to August, and I'm like. It's not even June yet. Like what is happening? Like, you know, just like people are out here, they're organ you know, they're realizing all the little miscellaneous projects they've wanted to do at home, whether it's DIY stuff, organizing, decorating. Recipes. People are like, okay, now I realize that I have really crappy eating habits. I'm going vegan. So they're doing all sorts of things, you know. And at the end of the day, what is always going to sell well and what has always sold well is your lifestyle stuff, and definitely even also like your family stuff. You know what I mean? No matter what the like, you know, shape or the you know view of your family is, like people really value home life. They really do. I I don't care how modern and 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 uh, liberal you are. At the end of the day, especially here in the United States, we, we value those things. So I think there's going to be a surge and I think it's already happening. I'm noticing that most of my partnerships have been that for the most part. And for me, the thing that I've been doing is I've, I really now have approached my home like my set. So whether you want to do video, whether you want to do photo, even whether you want to do audio, you should be approaching your house as a set. One, if you're an LLC, and don't quote me on this, you know, ask your legal professional or your financial (laughs) professional. But from what I understand, if in fact you do use your home as a set for your influencer marketing paid gigs, you can write that off. I think the only thing that starts getting a little bit fishy and and kind of hard to to, uh, differentiate as far as like business and personal expenses is wardrobe. But anything outside of that, if you photographed it, if you've used it in something that you've gotten paid for, um, or that you charge for, you can pretty much write it off. So, you know, my home included, you know, so for me, it's like, I, I'm not going anywhere, you know, I'm not shooting outfit posts, you know, um, you know, in the all throughout the city of Atlanta anymore. It's because we've been home. So I've been shooting in my living room, I've been shooting in the baby's nursery, I've been shooting in our bedroom. Um, that's kind of how I've I've just approached the house that way, you know? Um, So I would use your house as a set, you know, figure out where is your like, your quintessential like light, you know, where where's the best light in your house? You know, really maximize that. So if you get the best light in your kitchen, use your kitchen to shoot most of your stuff. If it's if mm-hmm. best light is in your bedroom, shoot in there. You know, so really maximize those little like pockets. You know, I think that that stuff goes a long way, and I think so many people sometimes overlook that. But I think that what people are realizing is like people, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but personally, especially within these last couple of months, I'm just like, oh, people care about this. I I didn't really think this would be something that people cared about. I absolutely yeah. did not think anybody would k- give two pennies and rub them together about how I organized my linen closet, which is not big at all. But people <laughs> were like, girl, I need to get my linen closet together. And I was like, you know what? I felt that way too. That's why I de- decided to share. So- Things like that, you know, I think people lo- and I gosh, there's nothing more relatable, right? Like being home is the equal, like to me is the equalizer, right? Like, yes, my house probably doesn't look like Kevin Hart's or Kim Kardashian's. But at the end of the day, we're all home. So if I see something from like her closet, and I like it, and I can scale down and kind of do my own thing with it, I'm inspired. And, and it acts me, you know, it 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 pretty much encourages me to go make a purchase to go do something similar, you know?
0: Absolutely. And especially when you take that and then couple it with the fact that there are so many places like Wayfair and Wells Elm Mm -hmm. that are having sales. So it's like someone can look and say, oh, Maddie has this, I don't know, this coffee table. And then they get it. And then they all of a sudden have like a new sense of community with you, but they wouldn't even know if you didn't share it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I just encourage everybody right now, like, I always say like the best content is the content that tells your story. That's what makes you different. So literally if there's another influencer out there who is 36 years old with three kids, she's married and she's in Atlanta, even if we're both doing exactly the same thing, it would not be doing, the, it would not be exactly the same because we have two different stories. Our experiences are what is what makes our story. And that's what makes people interested in us. That's why we go see movies. That's why we buy albums. That's why we pick up magazines. We wanna know the story. And so I encourage people to learn how to become better storytellers because that's what people want to know. Like people are interested, you know, like I get it, like we're on Instagram. So people like to see pretty things. So people like to stunt. But at the end of the day, a brand is not hiring you for a stunt. They're hiring you for a story. They're looking to be a part of your story. So people want to buy with it because people don't buy logically. They buy emotionally and stories make people emotional.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. Yes, Maddie. What you said was so was was such a nail on the head because one of the things that I have been asked um with by different people who have wondered like, you know, how do I start my own the blonde misfit? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've always thought about is that it's important to be authentic. And mm-hmm. whatever that authenticity looks like for you, whether you're the weird, awkward girl or you're the person who feels like you can cite every horror film down, you know, down the list or whatever that is for you, you have to just be able to stay in that authenticity realm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because one of the things I think that makes your brand stand out so much is that you you have been authentic and you continue to remain authentic we see you um, interacting on your social platforms. We obviously read the site. We see you in your masterclass, but it's like, no matter where we see Maddie, she's always Maddie. And can you sort of talk about how that is important for influencers, especially those who I would say maybe are starting to build their own platforms now, or are trying to even find what is my voice? Like, how Mm. does one find their voice?
1: well that's that's why your story is so powerful right because only only you can tell your story the way you can tell it because you were there you lived it you actually experienced it so anytime people are looking for their voice I always just encourage them to go write out their story like go take an hour go type it out and then read it aloud to yourself like right or and even you know if you want to take it a step further like record yourself and listen to yourself literally listen to yourself hearing is believing right so when you listen to yourself and you believe yourself, right? like there's nothing more authentic than hearing you yourself tell your actual story. And typically that'll start to lead you to where your actual voice is, you know, what you'll realize is that sometimes you are kind of sarc- sarcastic and that's part of your voice that you should not shy away from, you know what I mean? Or if you're really funny, you know, or if you're really, really insightful, those are things to really, really build upon and really you know, lean on, you know, I, th- I think about influencers like Alex L, who just, she always does such a good job with pulling us in because she's so insightful. She's so thoughtful. I love that she doesn't try to be anything that she's not. She's just exactly mm-hmm. who she is. While, you know, somebody, you know, like my sister, Maya Elias, like she is somebody who is incredibly um, good at what she does, you know, branding and messaging, but at the same time, she's very silly. You know what I mean? Like you can see mm-hmm. that in her, you know, in her <laughs> profile profile picture. She's literally twerking on her the stage of her of her of her conference. But yeah. again, <laughs> that's not that's who she is and she doesn't shy away from that. And so once you realize who you are and you're able to lean into that. You know, that's really important. Being authentic is so, so huge for your influence. It's part of your influence DNA. You know, to be influential, you have to be decisive, you have to be noticeable, and you have to be authentic. And that is part of it. If you don't know how to be those three things simultaneously, it's going to be hard to really successfully tap into your influence. Everyone has influence. It's just whether or not you know how to leverage it in a way that you can monetize it when it comes to business.
0: Absolutely. And all of that, I think, also starts with a mindset of embracing yourself and who you are. One of the things you and I were talking about right before we started recording was that you were saying how you've know you also watched me in my journey. And it has felt like over the past couple of years or so, I've kind of started to hit the stride. Mm -hmm. But I really was thinking about that. And I was wondering, I was like, hmm, I wonder what was the moment? And it's funny because I do think that there was a switch off. That at some point I had to realize you deserve to hold this space. You deserve to be where you are. And even if you don't see it out there, you can create it yourself. You don't have to wait for someone else to do that. And so it's really, I think, a mindset shift Mm -hmm. um, that you have to, it's almost like dying to your flesh daily. You have to Mm -hmm. wake up every day
1: and make that decision. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think you you really did speak on so many things, right? Like you <laughs> I said the other day, it's like you deserve to be in the room just like like anybody. You know what I mean? And and we will make room for you. Like any like whatever room you want to be in, it'll make room for you, but you have to decide to walk in first. I can't make that decision for you. And so that is why again, this is part of the DNA of influence. You have to be decisive. You cannot influence the room if you don't decide to walk in it. It's impossible there's no, you cannot think to influence somebody. I cannot, Ooh, I'm going to think to influence Cheryl today on Instagram by sitting in my room and thinking about it. It just I have to decide (laughs) to walk into the room of Instagram and do what I have to do, you know? So I think that's because, you know, and, and, and for me, when I'm teaching it's important for me to make sure that when I'm teaching, how i'm serving you through teaching you gives you permission to make that decision right you have mm-hmm. to be decisive when you decide to walk in a room you then have to become noticeable you become noticeable by using your voice and your voice gets noticed because it's authentic it all goes together like that is what makes it you know like think about all the people who have actually influenced you you know whether like for me i think about everyone right like i think about janet jackson i think about brandy i think about my mom i think about oprah i think about my sister i think about beyonce I think about all of these women who have influenced me, and I was like, "Wow, if they did not make the decision to use their voice, whether it's singing or talking, you know what I mean? Um, gosh, what would, would I have been influenced? Would I have be, would I have become who I am now because that person didn't decide to do that? You know, and so that's the other reason why I try to give people the 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 inspiration to move forward and act on their influence as well, because it's not about you. It's certainly not about me, you know, mm. it's really about who I'm going to bless, you know, it's really about the seed I'm going to sow into somebody else so they can produce fruit to, to go on and do great things as well. So I think once you start thinking about it like that too, you know, cause it's like, it's not, it's not easy putting yourself out there every single day, you know, sometimes it gets kind of old and redundant and stuff like that. But I think about you know, my my client who just graduated from USC and landed her first $5,000 deal a few months ago and stuff like that and, and what that can do for somebody at that age. And she started a business. She started her first product business. And I was like, yeah. had I not you know, had that exchange with her, had I not coached her one-on-one, you know, would that have happened? You know what I mean? Maybe she would have crossed paths with somebody else, but now I feel really, there's like a gratification there because to see her act on her influence makes me feel good because in turn, you know, hopefully it's because I made the decision to do the same.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that also goes down like it comes down to you know a lot of people think that influencing is just uh very meniscal work they think it's very superfluous because I think you know it's gotten a bad rap over the years from like fashion editors and beauty editors and all that but people don't understand that there's literally power in influence I mean that's the whole point there's power behind it and you can use that power for good you can use that power for bad but you also can use that power to shape and shift people's lives and one of the things that I've always um try to put into practice for myself is that every day that you don't walk in your, in your God-given destiny, you can prohibit someone else from doing the same because you don't know what they need to see in order for that, for that to be manifested in them. Um, and you said this really amazing quote one time with EXO um, Nicole, shout out to Nicole. Hey, hey. Um, you were saying the next Oprah and the next Beyonce are not going to be from a traditional music industry process or even television. They're going to be made on the Internet. That person can be me. I'm not afraid of that possibility. And I don't even think saying it out loud is an ego. It's just that I'm willing to put in that work to be that possibility
1: right right yeah i it, you know it was really important to me to say that because for the longest time i would shy away from that like man you know like a, a lot of times we shy away from you know what we really want because we're so afraid of the perception of other people who don't get it um mm-hmm. what they will think of it and stuff like that and it's like me saying that is for whoever's going to get it. If you don't get it, that's fine. You know what I mean? So then that wasn't for you. You know what I mean? But I'm not coming from a place of ego. I'm coming from a place of giving myself permission and hopefully giving somebody else that same permission that they needed as well. Because that's what happened, right? When Oprah decided to become Oprah, when Michelle Obama decided to become Michelle Obama, when Beyonce decided to be Beyonce, when Nicole decided to go from Nicole Bitchy to Exo Nicole, she gave me permission. When my leak started, Mm -hmm. she gave me permission. When Lovey decided... Decided to be lovey and write a New York Times bestseller. She gave me permission. All of these people gave me permission. And so I'm allowed to give myself permission too. And once you are able to own that, you know what I mean? Again, because you're willing to do the work because you're not even just saying these things because you need to, right? To like, you know, build up this like, you know, faux courage because you got to fake mm-hmm. it to make it, right? But really mm-hmm. now you're in a place like, I want to do the work. Like I'm willing to wake up at 4.30 in the morning for two years because I want to make sure that I'm the best. Like when you're willing to do that, it's it's fine for you to say those things once you're willing to do the work, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's to me, it's fine to talk the talk as long as the walk matches. right.
0: Right, like, and it's it, everyone wants to be Jordan, but no, who's gonna work like Jordan?
1: <laughs> Let me tell you something. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of mindset. That kind of mentality, that's that Mamba mentality. Rest We right. like, it's that you, you've got to want it more than than other people. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes is that I, I'm not better than anybody. Right? I I don't know who said this, but it's like I'm not better than you. I just chose to work harder than you that's it mm-hmm. like a lot of people there are so many people and I say this all the time because I want to make sure it's clear to people there are so many people who have more followers than I do there are so many people who are prettier than me there are ways there are so many people who are smarter than me there's very very few people who will outwork me they Hello, are the are. Maddie go on and preach it hello <laughs> So it's like, you know, because people, you know, and I tell people this all the time, I'm like, a lot of people who have like, five, six times my following, you know, may not be making the same amount of money I'm making. Because again, the work that has to be put into it, being mm-hmm. pretty on the internet is not enough. It's just not.
0: It's, not. it's just not. And we're not saying bad anything bad to the to all y'all pretty misfits out there. We just saying,
1: <laughs> right. we're just saying longevity wise. Yeah, no, I'm saying you know. And for me, because I've been doing this for ten years, and and now really starting to understand like where I started. I I was one of those people who thought like I just have to be beat every day. I just have to have my hair done. I just have to have all the right clothes. And it's like. Yes, that definitely does not hurt, right? People like looking at pretty and good looking, shiny, put together things. We all understand that. But then there has to be more, you know, there, there has to be more. Um, there has to be a strategy behind that because here's also the thing. You want to do you want to do the pretty thing? Great. Are we spinning that into like a year long campaign with like a beauty company? Are you starting your own beauty company? Are you starting? You know, are you hitting us with that Nicole Linnell um, hustle where you got mm-hmm. your own line? Uh, it's all of those things. So again, there's nothing wrong with being you know beautiful on the internet. Yes, go girl, go. But what is that going to turn into? What is the what is the the the, the goal for that? You know, um, yeah. because what happens is. You know, trends on the internet get old real fast. Not only does it get old and things pass and things evolve, right? We're now in the the era of TikTok. But now also you have the issue where it's like things are going to get, they're going to start feeling real monotonous if you don't have a goal and you don't have a real clear idea of what the next level is for you you know and it, like I say it doesn't you don't have to build a million dollar company if you don't want that but if you know that you at least want to make you know fifty thousand dollars like your nine from your instead of working your nine to five then let's be clear on how you're going to do that
0: absolutely mm. Maddie you done dropped all of the gems for me today and I just think it's so important because like there are so you know, one of the things I, I think about often is how people say, Oh, like it's such an oversaturated market, such an oversaturated market, but if no but nobody can do you like you do you. Right. And if you go on with that mindset and that mentality, it allows you to be able to not look at something as oversaturated, but as an opportunity for success. Clearly, you look at it, okay, cool. Fashion is an oversaturated market. That means if I get in there and I really get get on my grind and I really make it happen, that means there's a whole bunch of people who all of a sudden going to be part, part, yes. of, part of whatever I got going on. Um, I think it's, it just all goes back to mentality, but it also goes to thinking long-term and not necessarily like what's happening right now. I think it's so easy to get caught up in the right now for people that sometimes you got to walk away from social media. Sometimes you got to put the phone down. You got to think to read kind of reprogram and get yourself back. And like, the. I
1: think, I think it's like the why, like, what is your why? Mm-hmm. The why is so, it's so important to know the why, because the why is the purpose. And Mm -hmm. it it has to come back to purpose, you know, you know, um, because purpose tells you who you're doing it for, right? The, The passion is for you. The purpose is for everybody else. And, and it's really about making sure that the, you know, that you have a successful Venn diagram of both, right? Like if you can, if you can figure out what your passion is and overlap that with your purpose, you know. Why like why do you love creating content you know what i mean if creating content creating video content about makeup is your passion great who you're doing it for is your purpose. You know what I mean? And why you're doing it for them is your purpose. Uh, and, it, and it has to come back to that. You know what I mean? Like I have the work ethic of a of a champion and I really do have the heart of a servant. At the end of the day, I really do enjoy pouring into others and serving them. That makes me feel good. And I do it in a way, you know, through my blog, through the, the podcast, through the Facebook group, through my IG lives, you know, because I, I am currently in a season where, You know, I'm not, I'm not able to even do it one-on-one, even on like the coaching level, you know what I mean? Like, even for me, coaching has to be a a small group just because I want to make sure that I'm able to, one, help as many people as I possibly can, but two, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I really am sharing from this really, really genuine place and that I'm sharing what I'm supposed to be sharing, you know what I mean? Like it's easy to get caught up, like okay, well I saw this person do this and they can do that. Okay, they write in a book. I need to write a book too. And and it's like no, no, no. Once you get clear on your purpose, you'll understand what you're supposed to be doing, and then you can get really tunnel vision focus and do what you're supposed to do. Because once you're in your zone of genius there's just no stopping you right like literally Um, once you are clear on why god created you like what you were born to do on this planet it's going to be in literally impossible to stop you there's nothing that the enemy can do there's nothing that a hater can say there's no there's no version of dragging that can stop you from doing what you're going to do again once you are very clear on what your purpose is you decide right to walk in that room uh you you do what's necessary to become noticeable and you do it in an authentic way you using your voice, telling your story and hopefully serving who you're supposed to be serving.
0: Mm. Yes. I just, uh, you're right. You're you're so right. I mean, everything you said is stuff that I've talked about and i've tried to confirm in other people like just find your why and all the other letters will make sense yeah like
1: like <laughs> yeah. literally everything else makes it's, sense it's the game changer man once you learn that it's like it, you it, you start you just start moving different you start operating different you know like i said once you once you really understand your why and you're and that you're committed to it right because a lot of us find out our why and we don't commit you know i've done that before where i'm like okay i'm not ready to commit yet so let me see if i can try to do it. you know you still try to do other things like i can do it a different way and it's like no your purpose is for you spe- you know specifically for a reason and then mm-hmm. once you commit to it you start you really do start to navigate and operate in your zone of genius which again is unmatched for any person
0: oh yeah Oh, Maddie, you have just confirmed and dropped so many gems. Thank you so much. But before we leave, I just want to like open the floor up. To you, anything else that you um, would want the misfit audience to know—not only just about being, um, you know, influencing, but also being your being your own brand, growing as a as a as a brand. Um, anything else, also maybe potentially related to COVID nineteen and how people can kind of continue to stay marketable. The floor is yours.
1: Well, COVID is such an unprecedented time, right? Like we haven't seen anything like this from what I understand in like a hundred years. So I want to make sure that everybody's operating from where they're supposed to be operating from. You know, my therapist said something to me so groundbreaking last week that really did, um, you know, kind of stopped me in my tracks. And she said it would be a shame to come out of quarantine, to come out of COVID-19 the same. And that really resonated with me, not from this place of like, okay, we all need to be hustling. We all need to be pitching brands and stuff like that. But if you know, you know, cause only you can, can answer this for yourself is that if you know that you're supposed to be resting right now, then rest. If you know that this is an opportunity where you've, you've got more time to work on that business idea you've wanted to do, then work. If you know that this is time to like really spend time with your kids because you typically have a really hectic work schedule and now you're at home a lot more, spend time with the kids, spend time with your spouse. But- Mm -hmm. If nothing else, do not let yourself come out of this situation the same, whether that's more rest, whether that's more quality time, or whether that is acting on a dream that you've had in your heart for years. Um, But don't let yourself come out of here the same. You know what I mean? Um, If you do in fact choose to work, if becoming an influencer in this season is your thing, then just go for it. Just start. Put yourself out there. And really do commit to your why. Commit to what you see your end goal being, you know? If you see mm-hmm. yourself having 100,000 followers, killing it on YouTube and stuff like that, then take the first step and take it one day at a time. You you don't have to post 30 videos in one month. That's not the requirement. Start with something mm-hmm. small. Like, Let me see if I can get two videos up this month. And then the next month, let me see if I can get three and so forth, you know? But just commit to becoming better each and every day. And if you miss a day, Cause I'm somebody who's really big on consistency, even though I'm not naturally good at it. And I, and I tell my followers this all the time, I'm big on consistency, but I'm not naturally good at it. So I have to be deliberate about it, be deliberate about your consistency. And even if you do miss a day, you drop the ball about, you know, something, you know, that you should have done, just don't let yourself miss twice. That's the biggest thing. Cause it's easier to recover from one missed day than one missed week or even one missed month, you know? So it's, it's fine if you if you miss, you're human, you're allowed to do that. But don't let yourself turn that into a vicious cycle where you now miss a month and and you're in a position where you kind of have to start from the beginning again. That's completely fine. But yeah, just don't miss twice. That's what I always encourage people. Be consistent, commit, commit, commit. And like I said, my, my prayer for everybody is that none of you guys come out of COVID the same. Um, you guys come out better and, and getting exactly what you needed to get specifically for you.
0: Wow. Yes. And my prayer is the same for everyone out there. Also, you guys, you know, and take all of these tips and make them applicable to your life. Consistency for you is different than consistency for the next person. Mm -hmm. Put your blinders on and stay in your lane and focus on your craft and that is and that is how you that is how you rise to the top that's how jordan becomes jordan okay yep. <laughs> i'm on my jordan spiel for the next like few weeks man but imagine you have been so amazing tell us where we can find you um just shameless plug all the all the stuff <laughs>
1: You can find me on social media everywhere at The Maddie James. So everywhere from Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, you can find me at The Maddie James. And be sure to check out my blog, which is maddiejames.com slash blog.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Maddie. I really appreciate you spending time with us.
1: Thanks, Jamey. I appreciate it.
0: Awesome, you guys. So this has been another episode of the Blonde Misfit Podcast. Again, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any episodes. Hopefully by the next episode, I will have this email marketing list up, okay? We're going to hold each other accountable on this. But in the meantime, you guys stay blessed, stay Black. If you're Black, if you're not Black, it's all right. You can still You can still hang out with the crew. And we will see you all next week.